everybody. I'm Dustin. I'm Anna. And we are not qualified to investigate the paranormal, but we might be more qualified than ourselves. That's meta. This is a meta episode. Mm-hmm. A recap episode. Did I ruin it? In what way? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. All right, everybody, welcome back. For those of you tuning in for the first time, I highly recommend you don't start here. <laughs> <laughs> this is a recap episode, so we're actually going to go back and talk about some of the other topics that we have gone into in our previous episodes. I guess if you are starting here, still go back and listen to the others. Yeah, you might still want to. Actually, maybe this is a good place to start. Uh-huh. Maybe this is episode number one, the recap episode. Maybe we're Tarantinoing it a little bit. Mm. Yeah, maybe we're... Chopping up the order. Maybe we're mementoing it. Mm, Why are both of those words really hard to say? Because they're not words. (laughs) Yes, they are. Tarantinoing it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's two words. You're right. That is not a word. It is two words. Yeah, no, we're we're going back uh, to take a look at some of the other things we've talked about before. We do listen to these episodes, believe it or not. Some of you are probably like, you do? Man, you did a really shitty job with the editing. Anyway, yeah, We're narcissists listening to their own podcast. Yeah. Because we want to be better, okay? <laughs> We're trying to be better for you. And so as we, of course, go back and listen, we think and hear, think about things and hear things that we said that were like, oh, no, we didn't mention blah, 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 or we didn't mm-hmm. say this or we didn't say that. Not only that, but Anna has a fun game. We're going to play with it. So she'll explain that mm-hmm. because I, she, she's explained it to me five times and I still don't get it. Oh, that sounds really fun. <laughs> I just have prompts of like thought questions for yeah. each episode. No, no, no. It'll be good. Um, okay. So I think we just need to kick this off right away and get going here. Um, so the first episode, the Black Eyed Beings is what we named it. But what it really was about was Black Eyed Children. Uh, as usually, these Black Eyed Beings are minors. And I don't mean people who dig in the ground. I mean people who are <laughs> under the age of 18. That might explain the Black Eyed. Yeah, that's right. And so, uh, as we went through and we looked at these, uh, we looked at a couple of different stories. One was the the first recorded story of it, which was in Texas, and a man who was going to pay his cable bill just ran into these black-eyed children. The second was a uh, a couple of kids who were out past curfew in the UK during the pandemic and who were uh, terrified by this black-eyed child running around their campsite. And then we did look at some evidence. Uh, we looked. We actually talked a lot about a fake thing that happened, which was a YouTuber who created a uh, a YouTube channel based upon him trying to capture evidence of black-eyed children or black-eyed beings, and eventually told everybody that the whole thing was fake because he had millions of viewers, and they were all like, "This is real," and he got doxed. Which I didn't know that people don't know what that means. For those of you who don't know what dox means, it means for someone to uh, identify who you are on the internet, finding documents about who you are, where you actually live, what your actual phone number yeah. is. Yeah, even if you um, are already a public figure, but like. Yeah, it it's something that happens a lot in my in my career no what am i in in your profession in my profession thank you <laughs> <laughs> apparently speaking is not so good in my profession <laughs> but yeah so it's something that happens a lot in in my profession you know you, you see ceos get doxed a lot you see uh, activists get doxed political figures get doxed anyone who pisses people off on the internet. right right so this guy got doxed he had to close down his entire youtube account because he was getting death threats and all kinds of crazy stuff because of what was going on he claims of course that he was an actor and he was just trying to portray a character however he didn't really say that at the beginning it's kind of like war of the worlds right mm-hmm. where 
Orson Welles was like, I I thought everybody would just know this whole thing was a joke, you know? He didn't label it a comedy right. YouTube channel. Right. Or not even comedy, just an entertainment yeah. YouTube channel, yeah. Um, so that was the Black Eyed Children. Anna, what do you, uh, anything we missed there? Anything that you think that we should talk about or? I mean, I think the brief synopsis of, of how we tried to provide what we what we try to do here, which is a, the explainable explanation <laughs> rather than the paranormal explanation. Right. Which isn't an explanation. It's just, it's paranormal. You know, so as the um, borderline skeptics that we are, we just bring our professional backgrounds. And I, as a psychologist, thought about perception. I always, I mean, that's the main, one of the main themes we might cut across all 10, whopping 10 episodes we've had. And so it was, you know, mod- alterations in our perception when we're afraid, w- alterations in our recounting of things. So altering sort of how our memory might distort what happened, like the perceived threat, as well as the features of a difficult to see person in the dark. Uh, and then we also talked about, well, why might we do that if we, if it's a child, especially, and what, or what might be scary about a child at night? Stuff like that. Yeah. So do we miss anything? I guess what I should I should I should say that when I say did we miss anything? Of course. Yeah. Did did you like when you went back and listened where you're like, oh, I should have said blank. I have to say I like what I said, but I always the caveat is always I'm not we're not paranormal investigators. I'm not a paranormal psychologist. I'm not a parapsychologist. So I don't have like all of the to comprehensive be fair. People who claim to be paranormal investigators have taken like a ten hour online course. Yeah. 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 But I'm not studying this in labs there are paranormal psychologists who study these topics and as far but i don't think anyone focuses on black-eyed beings that's why we're doing this because like the minutiae of the paranormal is really fun to look at each type of cryptid and ghost stories and i think we talked about the guy the first story a little bit later and there was something about him yeah he was paying his cable bill (laughs) what a weirdo with a check he was dropping a check yeah. off at the cable company. I think it was I, I don't, It was the fact that like the kids were there and then they were gone. You know, it was like, why? No, he what? drove away from the children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, he abandoned them. Yeah. Quote unquote. Yeah. He like I just talked, peeled off. But yeah. anyway, go ahead. Sorry. I talked about how, you know, if, if there's a, I, I think I called it post justification of effort. Yeah. And I should have just said post justification. That's my correction corner here. Okay. Because post justification of effort is when you put in a lot of effort and and you don't get much return, and then afterward your brain actually increases your justification for what you did. Some people call it cognitive dissonance in some ways. It's sort of a akin to that. But I meant just post justification. Like why did you not help is very different than why did you go above and beyond? So right. And so for him, he he was sort of saying, I didn't. I uh, these kids disappeared, so. He didn't maybe have an opportunity to help, but it's more the why did he feel freaked out? And I wanted to, t- I, I didn't really talk about that. Like it's hindsight bias when people say, I had a weird feeling. I just had a weird feeling. And you forget all the times that you've had weird feelings and nothing happened. Mm. So our mind kind of inflates like I had a weird feeling and then something happened. Right. So I had a, like almost a premonition. And he was saying, I think he was then, just creeped out by the situation, but yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of what I'm saying is like... Oh, they said we don't even have a gun. Yeah, which has Th- nothing was, to do with their That's appearance. weird. Yeah. It's just they a weird thing behaving. to say to somebody. Right. It's like if you ran up to somebody randomly in the street and you were like, I don't have a gun. Like, uh, I don't know how they'd react. I, if someone ran up to me and said that, I'd be like, Yeah, you do. Good. I'm pretty and sure you do. <laughs> walk away as fast as I can the other direction, right? Yeah, yeah. So... 
Right. That's what it was I was thinking of is the the animals are always the first to know, right? Animals sense things. Mm. Oh, and yeah. don't get me wrong, animals do sense things above human perception. There are literally animals who are there to see if alert an owner to alert someone to low blood blood sugar, you know, possible signs of stroke. Those are like things that even humans can perceive if they're paying attention half the time, but we're not, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas animals are kind of tuned into that. Now, what I'm talking about are people who claim that animals can sense supernatural things like ghosts in the room or electrical, like weird, like unexplained electrical outages or even some natural phenomena like earthquakes. So yeah, there, there are animals who can see that, but you know, I think what happens a lot of the time is that people are like, oh, my, my dog started acting really weird, and then the earthquake happened, you know, so he knew. Whereas your dog might have acted really weird at one point anyway, and nothing happened, and you just didn't mark it in your brain, because why would you? Because right. nothing happened. That's hindsight yeah. bias. Yeah. Yeah. And so what's the second part to this that we're doing? Oh, yeah. Well, so uh, I thought maybe we'd think about if black-eyed children are so scary, what are other things that could be scary that could come to your door at night? So things that can knock on my window while I'm trying to pay my cable bill. And be scary. And be scary. <laughs> I think anything. If I if I don't see it coming, you know. Okay. What other black-eyed If it's black-eyed children. Anything black with black eyes. eyes. Yeah. What has black eyes in nature? <laughs> Black-eyed aliens. That would scare me, for sure. <laughs> uh, Black-eyed cats, mm -hmm. dogs, <laughs> giraffes, elephants. Uh, I can the black-eyed bees. The black-eyed bees, that's right. Uh, Will I am. Uh, <laughs> if he had black eyes and was knocking on my window, I would not open the door. I'd be like, Will, uh, it's really cool to see you, man. I am not opening the door for you right now. <laughs> or cans of black-eyed peas. Just open the door and there's just a stack Any kind of, of black-eyed peas. That's right. <laughs> Okay, anything else? No, how Things about you? Things that come to your door and that would scare you. You. Go. I think if an old woman. <laughs> Things that are just not really that scary. <laughs> not expected. An old woman's kind of scary. <laughs> Why? If an old woman was just knocking at her door late mm -hmm. at night, mm -hmm. I don't know, that's scary. Yeah. No? Mm -hmm. I'm an old man, too. Uh, okay, the Stanley Hotel. Mm -hmm. This was an interesting one because it was kind of the first one we did that was just like a place and then a load of supernatural slash paranormal things that have happened here. Uh, obviously, one of the stories we told, the main story we told was the Stephen King story and how he came up with the idea for The Shining. However, um, there are so many documented or at least passed down, documented stories between the people who work at this hotel. The uh, the chef in the in the base, or the chef in the caves that, that smells like bread all the time. The, uh, the lady who walks up and down the stairs at night. The children laughing. There's all kinds of, uh, all kinds of paranormal activities that happen here. We even had some EVPs. This is the first time we introduced EVPs. Mm -hmm. uh, or EVP. No S. Yeah. EVP. Because phenomena. Samples of EVP. Samples of EVP, which I don't think we heard anything. And you and I were both like, we don't hear it. Mm -hmm. But maybe our listeners did. Anyway, so what did we miss here with the Stanley? I mean, again, there's like so much to unpack here. Old buildings creak. They make noises. Mm -hmm. There's sounds of wind blowing because it's in Colorado. And there's storms. And that's Stephen King was there. And he was there alone. I think it was like the only person who checked into the hotel that night or something. Mm -hmm. Lots of crazy stuff there. What do you think? Yeah, I think we've emphasized a lot about the fact that it's like a famous hotel and it's partly famous for this and they attract people based on this and the stories get told and retold there's so much secondary gain for them to perpetuate these stories but i don't think i use that term so second, you, you talked a lot about prom, uh, prompting pr uh, priming priming so i think there's yeah. priming of the guests but then a secondary motivation on the part of the hotel for these stories to be told 
Yeah. Because they get, they make money. Yeah. So that's an important piece and a case a lot of quote haunted establishments. Right. That's this is the first time that you brought up priming, and I think it's been brought up since in some other episodes that we've done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is definitely the first time that you've kind of, uh, you know, that you kind of presented that as an as an idea of, and and also just a a theory within psychology. Yeah, and some people might call me out or criticize that like technically priming is like stimuli very close together and so i might be talking a little bit more about expectancy theory Mm -hmm. than priming so i guess i should clarify that so expectancy is is much more in my my background of research but it's like what do you think is going to happen when you drink a beer how do you think you're going to feel nowadays that is a that (laughs) is a loaded loaded question question. right (laughs) it could be great could be be great for five minutes and then terrible could be great for an hour and a half and then terrible either way it's probably going to end up being terrible sure (laughs) okay so when you were 21 21 oh oh, i'm sorry that that, (laughs) i was supposed to fill in the rest when i was 21 yeah i drink one beer shit like keep going. Okay, in general, alcohol makes you feel fill in the blank. Great. Great. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you could keep going with the way you fill in that blank. So how? And that's before you even drink alcohol. And so there have been experimental study after experimental study that um, ex- expectation, what people expect to happen, will happen even if you give them false or fake alcohol. They will behave in a way that's consistent with what their expectations are for the really? impact of that. Yeah. Can you start giving me like fake beers and telling me they're real beers? Uh, you want to buy NA beer and then pour it for you and give it to you. Yes. Uh-huh, Before a, the episodes. Mm-hmm, hide it in like a separate secret fridge somewhere. Yep. <laughs> sure. Uh, actually, there's a movie with Nicolas Cage where he, that happens to him. Leaving Las a, Vegas. Yeah, I saw it. No, no, no. It's a medica- <laughs> medication. Someone gets So it's a placebo effect on, for, for substances, but this is in our lives uh, expectations have an impact on re- on reality or our experience. So right. I think that's very powerful. All right. Here. So black-eyed children, we don't want to admit that we're scared by children, so we make up some weird theory about them in our minds that says they're black-eyed. Boom, roasted. Stanley Hotel, ghost, priming. Boom, Expectancy. roasted. Mm-hmm. With the Stanley Hotel, though, what's your question? What's your- oh, if so, as I talked about secondary gain, mm-hmm. the motivation mm-hmm. of the hotel to attract guests because it's haunted. Mm-hmm. If you owned a hotel, what paranormal activity would you use to attract people? Spontaneous combustion. <laughs> that will happen in your room. Yep. <laughs> Good luck keeping your hotel afloat. What? <laughs> That's like, you got to prove it. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And it's really easy, too, because you can just have, like, I don't know, natural gas lines that have holes poked in them, like, throughout the hotel, mm-hmm. that, like, like with little, like, spark things that, like, randomly go off. Terrifying yeah. people. Well, what are they looking for? You're going to go right, to a place with paranormal. ghosts and you don't well, want to be terrified? Exactly. They want to be terrified. Mine would be, like, the Bigfoot in. Like, you might have a sighting of Bigfoot yeah. while you're here. He might just be in the hot tub. Who knows? Yeah. He's a guest. <laughs> uh-huh. Like, what if Bigfoot, like, you know, Las yeah. Vegas has, like, the, their acts actually get to stay, like, in, like, the, you know, pen, the penthouse suites or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, like, Bigfoot is in the penthouse yeah. suite of the Ana Hotel. Yeah. You just imagine him, like, with his hair in a towel and just walking around. Okay. Get nice. Okay. Next up, parallel universes and the Mandela effect. This was a really interesting one um, because I think it has more to do with psychology than anything else. Oh, my gosh. Well, and even in the name, that first story that you told about the woman in the forest mm-hmm. hiking who yeah hiked and found a cabin of some sorts with a six stone cabin party happening inside yeah she halfway the, the conquistadors door she... were yeah hanging out and mm-hmm. wait not conquistador yeah that's right like the spanish is that the right terminology the spanish explorers yeah mm-hmm. they were conquistadors right i think so do they still use that term in 
I'm thinking of Matador, which is the guys who oh, fight bulls too. That's yeah. But no, totally conquistadors. Job. Yeah, conquista. Yeah, they. She like walked in on these conquistadors like having a party or whatever, and she got pulled out halfway, and then half of her body went numb, yeah. and she had to go through physical therapy for a really long time. So we talked a lot about the psychology of that potential psychology of that. That, and then also we talked about the Mandela effect and the psychological quote-unquote phenomena that happens there, where basically what happened is a woman was largely uneducated to the point of where they didn't even know that Nelson Mandela was still alive, noticed a pattern that a lot of people thought that Nelson Mandela was dead, and then started collecting data, amateurly started collecting data from online sources or people who just emailed her, and then coined a phrase and it caught on mm -hmm. because of Shaquille O'Neal not being in a movie mm -hmm. about him being a genie in the White House. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think if you said that sentence to somebody 20 years ago, their minds would have exploded. Like this is even a thing, right? <laughs> the Mandela effect. Really? So yeah. It seems so. And that's where to me, it was like, we talked about how it's not a term in psychology because it's right. so already been named. Right. False memory. Yeah. It's so incredibly common. But that's it's not as shared catchy. false memory. No. Yeah. It's not as catchy the idea as that like the Mandela effect. Yeah. Well what if if we're all having the same false memory, then it's an alternate universe. That's quite ridiculous. Now, give credit where credit is due as far as parallel universes go, quantum physicists are exploring this as a real possibility. Yes. That there are actually, you know, the uh, you watch the Marvel movies, the Multiverse of Madness, like all this mm -hmm. kind of crazy shit, you know, uh, endless possibilities, endless possible universes. There is some theory in quantum physics behind that, right? Mm -hmm. The Schrodinger cat experiment we mentioned, I told you to go Wikipedia. I hope you did. A lot of stuff goes into that. But yeah. It is possible that there are universes where every single decision we've made, or more to the point, every single subatomic particle can do the opposite of what it has done in our universe, which could mean that our decisions mm -hmm. are also reversed or opposite of what they are in this current universe. Yeah. It could mean we're all could, living in a simulation. Could mean. It, and it's fun to yeah, think about. It's, it's fun to think about. I actually think the most recent, very cool, not cool, like very interesting fictionalized version of it was the newest episode of Black Mirror, new, the first episode of the new season. Oh, yeah. That was, that was I thought really that was good. such a cool way of kind of yeah. showing what, what a being living in a simulation could mean is like mm -hmm. there's a quantum computer and we have been created. Yeah. We have been created in that computer. That Yeah, check it out. But anyway, so yeah, credit where credit is due, for sure. Parallel universes are possible. The possibility of them bleeding through to each other. Again, I kind of postulated that it's, you know, every ghosts and, and all those things that we're seeing are possibly the bleed through of other universes. Mm -hmm. Now, us having memories implanted in us of those other universes, which is what the Mandela effect, quote unquote, is claiming it is. But mm -hmm. again, we... We already have a, a term for this that's been studied heavily in the psychological field called false memory, mm -hmm. right? Nothing that we didn't, I can't think of anything that we didn't mention. I mean, there are a million Mandela effect things that people talk about on Reddit all the time. Yeah. Like, oh no, I totally remember it being like this. And it's interesting that people remember the same things, but also if you take it into like cultural context and everything else that was going, uh, uh, temporal context, things that were going on at the time, isn't it super possible that people just misremember the same things because of where we're at in our society yeah, and where we we're share, at? It's, yeah. If you, if you misremember it alongside this, another person, you, you say it's so many of the times they're pop culture or consumer memories or social history of some kind that's like, uh, or current events 
that you all were already sharing cultural context if you were aware of all that at the time. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So that's my question. Mm-hmm. Was the a false memory of something that you that no that you've never that no one else has said they shared with you of something that you kind of wish was a Mandela effect that you had someone else who also had a false memory of that. Okay, wait. So the question is, have I ever had anybody do confirm you, a false memory with me? No. Oh. Do you have any false memories of things that no one else shares? Like Yes. <laughs> and I don't mean personal false memories. I mean like no. th- that you wish was a Mandela effect that would make you feel more validated. Because that maybe is the piece we didn't talk about is that it's very validating to I've have got other a great people one. share them. I've got a great one. Please. I invented the term evil Knievel. What? I never knew that evil Knievel existed. <laughs> But I invented the term evil. I was like, when I was a kid, I said evil Knievel before I knew that there was an evil Knievel. I I stand by this. You can ask my sister who's known me. She's my older sister, so she's known me. I will stand by this. I said evil Knievel before I ever knew that evil Knievel existed, even though it existed decades before I was ever born. (laughs) And if other people also said that, then you would feel valid. I'd be like, yeah, thank you. (laughs) <laughs> it's about damn time that somebody agrees with me about evil Knievel. Okay. Mm-hmm. How about you? <laughs> it's not Go. evil Knievel. <laughs> <laughs> you don't believe me, buddy? Okay, no, fine. No. Fine. There's um, one more person. So it's musical. It is it's in the realm of music and it's sort of embarrassing to admit that I would I I confused the singer of Aerosmith with the singer of the Rolling Stones. That's not that confusing. And I wish that I I don't know anybody else who did. I wish other people would say that. They're like decade like a decade apart at least, right? So Steven Tyler versus yeah. um Mick I, Jagger. Uh, Mick Jagger, the Mick Jagger. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm like blanking on them both right now. But I would mix them up and their music a little bit too, which is really <sighs> So if someone were like in a parallel universe, they are the same band or something like that. That's not that embarrassing. Okay. Well, that's mine. I wish that other people shared that. So two wrinkly old white guys you mixed up in your head. (laughs) God, how embarrassing. Who sing kind of similar sounding music. 12 bar blues with a little bit of distortion. I feel embarrassed to admit this, who like love these people. And I don't, I used to mix them up. Not so much now. Mm. Mm -hmm. Because clearly one is more prominent and better musician, honest. I invented evil Knievel, Anna. (laughs) You're right. That's more embarrassing. You think that you think that mixing up two old white wrinkly guys is more embarrassing than me coming up with the term evil Knievel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, anyway, okay. Mm-hmm. Next up, following in line with this quantum mechanics and quantum theory uh, parallel universe thing is Randonautica. That's the next one we did. Randonautica is an application on your phone that apparently uses a quantum random number generator to link your intentions to a geolocation in your vicinity to help you find your intentions or to help you to help guide you to what your intentions might be. Very interesting thing. It led a group of kids to a dead body and they were looking for, oh, what was it? Travel or adventure or something. And it led them to a dead body that was stuffed into a suitcase. Now terrible right that's 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 not there's there but there have been hundreds of reports of randonautica leading people to supernatural things as well i think the the dead body is obviously something that's very well documented um obviously because they called the police they did the right thing they called the police the police got involved there was actually conviction uh, arrest conviction um that happened 
due to that, that chain of events. So we actually went, this is the first time we did like a field investigation where we drove around and we tried to find, realize our intentions. Mm -hmm. We tried to have Randonautica help us realize our intentions by trying to help us find something paranormal. Mm -hmm. That was our intention. We didn't find anything paranormal. So it doesn't work. It didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work twice. For us. Two out of two. So it's a 0% success rate mm -hmm. for us. Now we could keep going with this. We, you know, this this could be something that we follow up on, and like, you know, another couple of months. Maybe we do this once every week, and we try to like, you know, we report back on it, right? We take some notes and report back yeah. on it, like, did we hear anything? Did we see anything? Well, and yeah, and I think what we didn't maybe talk a bit about is that the radius. I know you can set the radius. Yeah. Which is like, uh, what are the, what is the likelihood that if you set the radius to what we set it to like a half a mile from our house, that you're gonna that sort that there's going to be something paranormal than a half a mile. Why? Why wouldn't there be? I guess, yeah, that's the argument. Yeah, mm -hmm. paranormal stuff existed. It should be it, everywhere. It, yeah, it should exist everywhere mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So then we also talked about the pair research experiment, the pseudo random number generators around the world that, you know, sync up sometimes for no reason, but then something big happens. Um, and then also the quantum effects that uh, are the effect that quantum mechanics plays in consciousness. Mm-hmm. Uh, so our synapses have like quantum receptors at the end of them. So, you know, what, why, you know, we don't, we know that quantum mechanics works in a certain way, um, kind of. <laughs> yeah, we don't fully know it. Understand. We don't, we don't mm -hmm. understand, but we do know that there is some kind of, uh, for lack of a better term, wireless transmission that happens between quanta. Um, and, uh, and if two particles ever come into contact and they are entangled and that those things that are then entangled then have, you know, some form of communication or some form of connection for the I think for eternity but I don't know because I'm not a quantum physicist and I think that just listening back to that episode I think before I was like I had to have this explained to me in so many different ways so many times I, I still don't fully understand what <laughs> so when you interact with the when you interact with Randonautica, you are interacting on a quantum level with their server. That is the thought. You are yeah. interacting on a quantum level with their quantum random number generator, mm -hmm. which again, that would insinuate that they had a quantum computer somewhere. Yeah. And quantum computers take a lot of energy to run right now. Mm -hmm. You have to run them at like close to absolute zero, so negative 273 degrees, right? Uh, which takes a lot of something. Mm -hmm. uh, very sensitive equipment. Like if you sneeze in the room with it, like it, it ruins the calculation. Wow. I, I don't know if it's sneezing in the room is going to cause that actually, but something like it's a very sensitive thing, right? Mm -hmm. And it still is being run technically by traditional computing systems. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of stuff that goes into quantum computing. I very much doubt that this app... <laughs> has a quantum computer running in a basement somewhere. Although maybe, mm -hmm. maybe you never know. Mm -hmm. um, but like you see places like uh, uh, the People's Republic of China's government has a quantum computer. Google has a quantum computer. IBM has a quantum computer. Randonautica having access to a quantum computer. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I think it's, it is another one where we're acknowledging the possibility of a technology like this in the future, or, but that's yeah. it's kind of like acknowledging the possibility of the multiverse. It, yeah, of jetpacks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so what's your question for this one? Uh, if you had an app like this, what would you call it? Mm, welcome to Spooksville. <laughs> Population you. That would be the tagline. How about you? I'm not better. I'm not very good at answering my own questions. That's not, that's not what psychologists do. We ask them. Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I can be your subject then. You just you ask are. me and I'll say yeah. it. <laughs> okay, next up is EVP, electronic voice phenomena. This was your episode. Yeah. You were presenting on this one. Yeah. 
Uh, so you had me listen to a couple of different EVPs, EVP mm -hmm. recordings. Allegedly. Mm -hmm. Alleged EVP recordings. The first one you played for me, which is allegedly the the most substantive, right? Like the, when you Google that, yeah, with the yeah. cursory search. Mm -hmm. And it's nine minutes long, and it is something. Um, if you haven't listened to it, go go back and listen to that episode, but also listen to the EVP recording. Really interesting. Again, I'm a I'm a, a combat veteran. I listened to it and I heard some things that were I don't want to say triggering, but something along those lines, right? And so if you if you have been either in an active shooter situation <laughs> I hate to put it this way if you've been in an active shooter situation or just been around gunfire a lot and it, and it bothers you I recommend proceeding with caution mm -hmm. I was not expecting that mm -hmm. uh, to me it did sound like someone going from door to door shooting people mm -hmm. and them screaming like that's kind of what I heard now that could have been just because of my life experiences that could have been for a lot of different reasons but I thought it was really interesting. It also just sounded, you know, it was like the digitization of, of some of the things were so fake. Mm -hmm. I was like, it's not like the Matrix, you know, there were just some like really weird things there, but kind of an interesting listen. If what they say is true, which is they went to this undisclosed location that they can't tell you about because of an, uh, because of an NDA and, and listened and, and recorded this thing without knowing, without hearing any of it, like they were just sitting in a stairway, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's in, if if you believe their story and this is what they truly recorded, something's going on. It is pretty wild. Yeah, the, yeah, it, mm -hmm. yeah, for sure. But you know, we also talked a little bit about the physics behind recording capabilities, yeah. digital recorders, analog control uh, recorders, how those things interact with our physical world, how our physical world interacts with them. Yeah, you, you brought know. your technology to help explain the likely possibility of the um, interference yeah. that they picked up. Yeah, for sure. And I think like my first thing was like, oh, it's definitely interference. And you were like, well, couldn't they be faking it? And I was like, oh yeah, that's the <laughs> that's <laughs> right. number one, right? right. That, that's the first possibility. Anything else you would add or comment on that episode? Yeah, I'm trying to, okay. And then we did a couple of EVP collections as well. You, well, I'll let you go into, you know, kind of what you talked about, but nothing really to add. I, I still feel the same way I do about EVP recordings which is that there are just so many other things going on in those electronic devices and it's a really hard to pinpoint you know a lot of the times that first recording you played for me that was intense yeah. it's like the most intense one i've ever heard usually when you watch those dumbass ghost shows on you know travel channel or history channel quote unquote or wherever <laughs> wherever you watch those and, and don't get me wrong if you watch them i'm not giving you a hard time i love them i watch them all the time they'll be like I'll be like, oh, we, we captured an EVP and it's the, you know, it's true evidence of the paranormal. And it sounds like someone sneezed it's like, in the background. <laughs> yeah. It's like, they said, help me. And I'm like, they did? They, did? they said. <laughs> yeah. It's like, help me. I, I don't hear it half the time. Super. Uh, I have heard some good ones on YouTube, like going back and like listening to some like user submitted YouTube things. But with that, I mean, there's After Effects. There's uh, every Adobe uh, piece of software can help oh. that, which is unfortunate. Well, so this I'm sitting with the like holding the two feelings of being both really proud that I could introduce you to something you hadn't already heard, given how much you listen to this stuff. Yeah. And also really sad that I triggered you slightly. <laughs> Oh no, and you know it wasn't it wasn't anything that was disturbing to that level, mm -hmm. right? It was, it was just something that I was like, "Ooh, gunshots!" Yeah. yeah, that's like a it's a very distinctive sound if you've ever heard if you've heard it a lot. Which is so <laughs> again so interesting because on my listen, I did not hear gunshots. 
And that's what I talked about with the psychological explanations is how yeah. very subjective our auditory perception is and how we also talked about how priming and expectancy, especially when someone tells you, here's what you're going to hear, you're going to hear it. And then we also talked about pareidolia, how we want to hear yeah. uh, human voices or see human faces. And then you brought up a paper written by an undergrad who was uh, doing her studies in audiology. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, you were like, this is amazing because it's basically saying that none of us are being consulted on any of this. So if there is EVP, nobody brings in an audiologist to say or an audio, uh, you know, specialist to say that's a human voice. Yeah, it was. Uh, she sur- she surveyed several yeah. quote paranormal investigators or people who dabble in EVP and none of them had brought in speech pathology, speech audi- and audiology specialists. And this is the thing with with paranormal people, uh, par- people who have like certifications or uh, some kind of credential within the paranormal spaces, none of it is really accredited. Mm-hmm. And that's scary. That's just like, it's a private university, quote unquote, or private establishment. When I looked into um, hypnosis, and we'll mm-hmm. get into that in, in, in two episodes here. When I looked in, when I looked into hypnosis, like I can, I can be a hypnotherapist. I can be a licensed mm-hmm. hypnotherapist. I don't have any psychological training. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't have our uh, psychology training. Like I don't have, I don't have any of that, but yeah. I can be a hypnotherapist. Yeah. Is that ethical? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with paranormal, we sit a lot, right? Whether mm-hmm. like, well, you know, I did this 10 hour online course, so I, I can identify EVPs mm-hmm. and don't get me wrong. Experience means a lot. If you are someone who goes out and investigates the paranormal on a daily basis for a year you know 360 you've got 365 you know pieces of experience under your belt yeah and i don't want to be a a ivory tower or credential elitist right because the scientific method is not owned by anyone and it's not everyone should use it Mm -hmm. to the extent that you can yeah but it doesn't count if you just did it once yeah. with your own observation and right. that's not actually the steps of how to replicate and to demonstrate and to observe right so that's and, the weak weakness and that's what makes places like the stanley hotel so interesting because people have gone there and had similar experience of the cowboy who yeah. kisses people yeah um yeah yeah so i do have to say this yeah. is where i can provide with possible explanations that when psychologists study people's in in experimental studies where we can actually create the stimuli mm-hmm. we see these kinds of expectancy theory we see these kinds of priming effects we see these things but and there i i think his name is chris french and there are parapsychologists are psychologists studying paranormal beliefs and doing some experiments you know um, looking at when people report perception things like that so but it still doesn't remove the possibility that the stanley hotel is haunted. Right. Mm-hmm. It's possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's your question for EVPs? EV, if, EVP recordings. And this is really, again, I'm much better at posing these questions than answering them. If there, if there were very clean technology that could capture the voices of the deceased, or as we say when we talked about EVP, it could also be capturing telepathically communicated yeah, voice phenomenon. That's right. Um, if there were a tool that you could use that were actually clean and reliable when they found that, where would you start to go to listen? In my own house. Yeah. I would. You would just... I'd be like, who's fucking here? Okay. Stop just... watching me in the shower. 
Wow. Because I know you are. Would, and so there would be I a would. lot of people who would be like, I would not do that in my house. I wouldn't want to know. What? Well, yeah. This is the well, people who are just not into point? this. Yeah. No, but then what's the point mm-hmm. of knowing any of that? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to know any. It's like, well, what's the point then? What are you, yeah. what are we doing here? Then? What we're bringing is, <laughs> and I think that, that, that really raises that piece of um, how cool it is that people are curious. So yeah. much of what it, that motivates the interest in the paranormal is curiosity. Mm-hmm. Like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm glad you like that about me. I'm, I might be like, why don't you do that? Tell me what you find. Okay. <laughs> I don't right. know if I want to listen. Okay. Next mm-hmm. up, the ghost testimony of Zona Hester. Oh, wow. This was a great one. Mm-hmm. I love this one. Yeah. It was I so really much fun. It. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the ghost testimony of Zona Hester is the first and only recorded time in U.S. history that a ghost testimony was submitted as evidence, kind of, <laughs> in a in a murder trial in the United States of America. So very interesting stuff. Small town in West Virginia, the late 1800s. Woman was murdered. The mother was visited by her ghost. Told that uh, originally her her death was ruled as an accident or as a as a childbirth. Or, I'm sorry, chi- uh, childbearing issues. And her mother had visits, ghostly visits from her, enough to convince the local coroner to 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 exhume the body, reinvestigate, found out that she had in fact been murdered, and the man, who her husband was actually convicted of her death, and the testimony of the visits of the ghost were allowed to be submitted as evidence mm-hmm. into this court. Mm-hmm. Amazing story, mm-hmm. really cool, just uh, terrible. <laughs> okay, I, I'm like getting really into this, and I'm like, it's so cool. No, a woman died. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. However, justice was technically served, it, depending on if you believe if this guy was was actually <laughs> in, in, was actually. Uh, but all the evidence, you know, past behaviors kind of point to, uh, in in my opinion, that this that this man was actually probably a shitbag, if if not the murderer, but. Anyway, so really cool themes happening here. Mm-hmm. A lot of really terrible themes happening here as far as women being second-class citizens in the late 1800s. I'm not saying they're not now, but you know, back then it was it was kind of like someone kind of even had to fake, had to say that they saw a ghost to get anybody's fucking attention. Yeah. Um, women had to women had to kind of, you know, play the game a little bit differently. So, anyway, which was the explanation that you brought, which I thought right. was really compelling. Yeah. Yeah. I, I talked a bit about yeah. her, the very common experience of people seeing their loved ones after they pass away. Um, right. And what those experiences or perceptions might be all about in terms of grief and, and also the possibility of the paranormal. But, um, Right. We and, don't, like you said, we don't know. Yeah. You said we know that this happens, that we see the deceased, the recently deceased. Not everybody. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's not. It's not yeah, universal. <laughs> I didn't mean to pose it that way, but you're right. Like, After I thought about it, I was like, ready. "Yeah, that did sound like uh-huh. I just said that every everybody you're gonna see, everybody who's ever died." <laughs> mm-hmm. But then you know, you were like, "We don't know. We don't really know. We don't have a good explanation." I mean, grief is obviously a, a good explanation, but we don't. We don't have. It's not studied, or it's not. Oh, it's studied. You just can't rule again. You cannot explain. You can call it hallucinations. You can call it dreams. You can call it visions. You can call you can call it things, and that's what we do. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we do. We call it things. Good. Yeah, and then we talked about well, if it were if it were not the ghost of her daughter visiting her, how could she have known about the broken neck of the body right. that was exhumed? How could right. she how could she have known about that? She was she was quote right about that and told mm-hmm. allegedly, and so we talked about. And this kind of goes back again to, it doesn't really go back to priming, but that she might have had a lot of those suspicions or pieces of evidence 
that she collected about her mm-hmm. son-in-law and about their relationship and about the way she was hurt or abused or any number of other ways. What we didn't talk about was that like she might have been around. We didn't we didn't go to that. She might have witnessed it happen. You know, we don't even know. Right. Right. And there, there might have been even more that she knew. And that that kind of fits in more with your explanation that she falsified the entire haunting because she thought that would be believed more by a jury right. than her own r- real suspicions or real things she witnessed yeah um as a woman in the in the in the 19th century so that's really unfortunate but a very compelling explanation too that it was fabricated yeah um but if not then there might have still been things that, whether it was subconscious or unconscious, that she had reasons to, for her mind to formulate this vision for her that put those pieces together. Yeah. And then when the, it confirmed, it's confirmed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's your question on this one? Well, I wanted, there was one other thing that was left out. Oh, sorry. I wanted to acknowledge, because we did talk to someone who listened to the episode who brought up the fact that he sent the kid to the house to go yeah. find his wife. Yeah. That, and so we took, this was a lawyer that we talked to who said that that might have been a release um, piece of, for the prosecution to to investigate. Like, why did he send someone else to go find the body? Because he was going into town to do and he didn't have time to do yeah. his chores. Yeah. Or whoever finds like that if he finds the body, then he would have maybe had to be there when the police arrived as the discovering the body. And he would have had to fake more right. of his reaction and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so i wanted to bring that back up too because that's more on the true crime forensic stuff that people seem to be into yeah and if you guys want to hear more stories like this write in stories at Mm paranormaloutsiders.com write in say hey we want to hear more paranormal true crime stories or we want to hear more true crime stories just completely change the topic of our podcast no 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 we're gonna (laughs) we're still gonna keep it paranormal so if it's not paranormal enough then we're not gonna do anything but so here's my question yeah in that vein of true crime What's a case where you wish that the someone involved could return and and share what happened to them? I mean, every murder trial, obviously. Yeah, I mean, we're just talking about the, high profile ones that maybe the, the high profile. I mean, O.J. Simpson, Nicole Simpson. Oh, yeah. Man. Well, I think it'd be interesting. I I, I do have an answer for this one. Okay. Um, yeah, I want to hear it. Robert F. Kennedy. Oh, yeah. Bobby Kennedy. Bobby Kennedy, and why? Because that case is oh it, well it breaks my heart like he was on the road to presidency um a lot right. of fun and he was he was really brilliant in my opinion yeah and it's a it's it's a strange one because his conv- the convicted murderer is not a reliable reporter and had many he we don't we just don't we don't know what who if he had accomplices. Oh, sounds like you've got a little conspiracy yeah, theory yeah. thing going on yeah. over here. Okay. It's an, it is an interesting Maybe thing. Maybe we got to do an episode on that. His story is wild. And it's not, I'm not to say that he's innocent. He has been convicted of this, and but it is a really strange one. The, the woman in the, the polka dot dress. There's a lot to it. Yeah. Was she an alien? I, we don't know. Okay. Well, we're going to find I'm out. I'm sure there's in a an theory, episode. a conspiracy theory about we're that. We're going to do an episode. We're going to find the paranormal explanation for this. I think there's a really good it. podcast already made about it, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to make a better one. <laughs> okay. And on that note of aliens, we are blasting off here with the Hill abduction. Oh, that was yeah. the next episode we did. So this is largely considered the grandfather of abduction stories in the United States. Uh, It was in the 60s. -hmm. During civil rights, two civil rights activists were abducted and and told their story about it. Not only that, they also did, what is it called? I'm going to try to get it right. Post, uh, regressive, wait, 
regressive hypnotic Wait. hypnoregression therapy yeah hypnoregression therapy was conducted on both these people and it was uh, heavily recorded heavily reported on and from all accounts uh, heavily investigated mm -hmm. by things like project blue book different uh, different government entities this thing was this thing blew up it was it was huge, Betty and Barney, right? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, Betty and Barney. So and, and Betty was alive until the I think mid '90s. She and she did interviews right up until then, and and said the same thing. She always said she had the same story, talked about the same stuff, never changed it once. Uh, Barney, I think, died much earlier than she did. Unfortunately, a really interesting story about this couple who come back, were abducted, possibly analyzed medically for different things. There was physical evidence. There was there was physical and there was like a psychological uh, record, um, record of psychological hypnoregression therapy that was done. I think one of the most interesting things is like ever since we, we talked about this episode, we've been watching, re-watching the X-Files and like, I think every single episode, there's like a mention of hypnoregression therapy. <laughs> it doesn't matter what it is. Satanic cult, hypnoregression therapy. Aliens probing, hypnoregression therapy. Mm -hmm. Ghost in your attic, hypnoregression mm -hmm. therapy. That's what and people Mulder go through. And Mulder being like, well, you better go ahead and hypnotize that. Yeah. Hypno do hypnoregression therapy so we can find evidence. Yeah. I'm this, like, what? This Oxford grad yeah. with his bachelor's. In psychology. Yeah. Anyway. So really, really cool stuff. The audio for the hypnoaggression is out there. I put that in the show notes. Um, feel free to go back and check that out. Again, it's very intense. So once again, listener discretion is advised. I haven't listened. I only listened to the first couple of minutes of it, and it is very, it, it's intense. Yeah. It's just intense. Just let's put it that way. That one, <laughs> that's my recap is to say, like, I probably should be if I were really to do my due diligence, go listen to those sessions, go read the blue book, the blue project blue book report, all that. But I haven't done. I think I, you know, I'm still on the fence with this one. I think it's fifty fifty whether they were actually abducted or not. I I, I honestly think that <laughs> I guess this is probably giving away a little bit about what I believe. But I, I think I've already said this. If it's a UFO thing, I kind of believe it. It's it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility, right? We're we're one of trillions of of possible planets that can that can um, host life in. In, in our uh, in our universe, who's to say there's not a, an advanced civilization that's out there? Now, why they would come here and pick us up and probe us and then send us back down with you know with shoddy <laughs> yeah. with shoddy memories? Like why? Like if they don't have good enough technology to erase our memory completely, like why do it? Right? Yeah. Well, and that that's that that's the question. Just like Randonautica, it's not. Is it possible that there are quantum connections between us and other and and, and computers and computers at yeah. a cellular level or a, a microcellular level that can then happen? Is it's the question of is this that thing? And so to me, yeah, you can have be like a very prominent astrophysicist like Neil deGrasse Tyson who believes in the possibility of other life on other planets. But is this? case the best evidence for that people being hypnotized and put into a very suggestible state who were clearly going right. through distress and the story that they tell is then taken as fact right and that's mm -hmm. so tough and not fair because i don't feel like it really gives the subjects justice yes. then right agreed whereas if it was something that but also maybe that was the best way for them you know i think we did talk a little bit about how when you get up on stage, like like a magician hypnotherapist, mm -hmm. like when you get up on stage and they hypnotherapist, <laughs> but yeah. Oh, sorry, uh, a magician <laughs> hypnotist. Hypnotist. 
<laughs> Come on stage. A, hip, a hypno magician. Yeah. A hypno magicianist. <laughs> Uh, when you go up on stage and you're like, they're like, act like a duck and, you know, you start walking around cracking like a duck. It's it's more along the lines of you can get away with it as a yeah. human being. Like it's more uh, accepted if you do that yeah. under hypnosis, quote unquote. Right. And so who's to say that this wasn't just a way for them, a way for Barney to finally like let out what happened yeah. um, because he was under a hypnotic state mm-hmm. um, or Betty. Sure. You know, maybe uh, it's just you cannot oh, differentiate. Map. That was another big piece of evidence was a star map that Betty drew that ended up actually being a true star map. Now, I think if you draw signs and symbols, that's the thing about the universe. It's so vast <laughs> that- and, and so mm-hmm. random that if you draw any shapes in any order, it's a possibility that you are drawing them in a exact ratio and distance and size that... There are actually three or four stars out there that might match. And that is called a coincidence. Yeah. And is it? <laughs> is that and, what coincidence and is? That's, what? Well, <laughs> as as absurd as coincidence can sound, and I, I think that's what some of we didn't really go into that. Like the people who said this looks like a star map, that's still mm-hmm. that's still not agreed upon across many astrologers, right? Oh, I don't know. I don't I Sorry, don't know what the number astronomers. Of- <laughs> I don't know what the number of people who are Tauruses agree on, but no, no, no. I don't know what the number of people who study stars uh, agree upon versus yeah. don't agree upon. Well, I thought you uh, said her star map, like some said some, it yeah, looked, it's, loose, lo- looked right. loosely based on, and when that way, yeah, then it looks like. But as somebody who's a novice who can draw mm-hmm. that, like that's still impressive. It's, yeah. it's kind of like if, you know, someone says, well, I was in IBM's headquarters back in the 70s. And it's like, okay, draw me what you saw. And they draw, they basically draw you like the processor that's in all of our computers nowadays. That'd be impressive. Yeah. That'd be like, oh shit. Okay. Yeah. I guess you were there. And I'm still, as I'm still going to say, is it possible that wasn't her husband very interested in UFO stuff? No. Oh. Uh, aeronautics. He was a, a Air Force guy. Was he, oh, is he not interested in the stars? I don't think so. Oh, I don't think that was one of his hobbies. Okay. No. Nope. Okay. Then touche. Okay. So I what's can't your... explain the star map. Yeah. No, I'm and not I... an astronomer. <laughs> yeah. I don't. And I think that's one of the, that's one of the only pieces of evidence that really holds the story together, even today. Yeah. People look back on it and they're like, huh? I'm sure we'll see an X-Files episode where talk, or, or Mulder will be like, what about Betty and Barney Hill back in 1960? And the fact <laughs> that she could draw a star map. That's yeah. still not evidence of an alien abduction. Sorry. Right. It's not. Or that she was implanted with knowledge. In, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Nope. Mm-hmm. What's, your, what's your question on this one? So uh, during the podcast, one of the things I enjoyed the most listening back was that you, you made, we were talking about the rational question of why do aliens do it this way like <laughs> there would be volunteers you don't have to kidnap people yeah you can just look for volunteers yep. so i was curious if you if you were an alien you know and you ran your own kind of like quick service business where people could just come in and, and get probed what kind of uh business would it be what would you call it Hands of, well would it, it would be like fast food would it be like it would be a business of people coming in to get probed <laughs> i know but what would you call it take some names of other it would be called make abductions <laughs> make abductions yeah over okay. one billion served <laughs> okay no i don't the know the obvious ones obviously i had some canned ones that came yeah go ahead but like jiffy probe jiffy probe jiffy okay probe? Yeah. i like it <laughs> it's better than make abductions uh-huh. starbucks done yeah <laughs> Moving on, we go into, we now move into, we, this was actually more of a historical review than anything else, but it was Bloody Mary. Mm -hmm. And so we talked about the origins of Bloody Mary. I went through three different stories of um, women throughout history 
uh, whether fictional or not, uh, and it's debatable, as, 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 two of them I think it's debatable as to whether they're fictional or not, but one of them was definitely a person, and where the where the name Bloody Mary came from and where this idea of, of Bloody Mary came from as well. So it's it's the idea of staring into a mirror, saying, saying Bloody Mary's name three times, in candlelight and then blowing sometimes it depends sometimes it's blowing out the candle sometimes to keep the candle on sometimes you gotta spin around three times sometimes you gotta stand on your head sometimes you gotta do drugs sometimes you gotta snort some cocaine mm-hmm. um and then maybe you'll see something in the mirror i think if you do the last three things you will definitely see something in the mirror spinning around doing drugs and cocaine which is a drug so it's kind of the same thing Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Yeah, so like, what do you think? Anything that we missed on this one? I, I feel like it was pretty cut and dry. If if you do something where you limit your visibility, you limit your light, cognitive capabilities by spinning around yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and making yourself dizzy, yeah, you're probably going to see something in the mirror. Like, it's not, it's that's not a... Yeah. Yeah. We talked about that, those perceptual alterations the yeah. darkness and mirrors and dizziness and all the things as well as expectancy um priming and and then we talked about adolescence and why their motivations to do this and why yeah, that's a piece of that's it right. and what's so cool the way the stories that you told is we got to talk a bit about like historical possible origins of her that yeah. i really liked and in doing that we also got to talk about witches right and, right. and just women in general <laughs> <laughs> right that's what you I know. My I'm favorite sorry. line from that podcast. Uh, <laughs> it was a mistake that'll haunt me if I ever run for public office. It's gonna be like, didn't you once call all women witches? I'll have to say, oh, I'm so sorry about that. It was a mistake. Yeah. It's not so, what I meant. <laughs> uh, but, and I think in doing that, we sort of tipped into that episode, also kind of covered the social explanations for witch labeling hmm. which you know witch hunts like why were women called witches right. so we kind of touched on that so i hope sometime we that maybe we do talk about the occult a little bit more mm-hmm. um oh yeah no no i mean we're not done i don't think we've had a witch case yet no maybe that'll be the next yeah. episode yeah mm-hmm. so we can talk a little bit more about like some practices and belief systems and stuff too um mm-hmm. and then alleged like witchcraft is that paranormal that right. we so because i think what we did nicely in talking about a couple of those cases was the just the social motivations or labeling women's behavior as ap- deviant mm. mm-hmm. deviant women yeah mm. God bless him. God bless him. Where would we? Where would we be without him? Maybe the future that we have coming up soon. I don't know. <laughs> hey, here we are. Wah, wah. So, what's your question for this one? If if you had an alcoholic drink, drink <laughs> named after you, but it was in a ghastly way, what would it be? My question for this one: uh, If you could create a rite of passage type of thing that teenagers do, what would it be? Do one thing every day that scares you. <laughs> no. Oh, write a passage thing for a teenager to do. Along the lines of Bloody Mary, with a less offensive origin. Uh, well, yeah, I would just make, I mean, there wouldn't be an origin to it. Yeah. I think I would just say, like, I think go and, and spend the night in in what you consider maybe the scariest house, like an abandoned house or like a scary house or something. Mm. And and then see that nothing fucking happens. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then you go on with the rest of your life and you're like, you know what? I did that this one time mm-hmm. and it scared the shit out of me, but nothing happened and I survived. And now I can go off and do anything. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. As How about long you? as they don't get arrested for trespassing. That would oh, be, right. Yeah. yeah. Or like, you know, step on like a rusty nail and get tetanus. Yeah. Like, you know, be safe about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Be go safe stay. about it, but go and break the law. <laughs> no, don't go break the law. 
Uh, maybe do it with permission. I don't know. Bring proper lighting. Don't stare into mirrors. You don't need to do any of that stuff. But I, I would I would suggest that doing something that scares you. I, I didn't make fun of that earlier, but doing doing something that scares you, right? Um, and and safely. Yeah. Which I know most people are like, well, it's things that are unsafe are the only things that scare me. Fair enough. Yeah. I guess that made me think I, I like that advice. Do something that scares you, but I would have make it be much like do something that scares you because you think your friends won't think it's cool. Like go volunteer to help. Oh yeah. At an a community living center for elderly people <laughs> yeah and fuck your friends for saying that's not cool <laughs> exactly fuck them i don't like who the hell yeah yeah, that's good. yeah. scare your friends <laughs> who say that pop out of them in the middle of the night they're walking to their car go and just scare oh, them so cool and be like oh you're so cool you don't like the elderly asshole kick them in the shin and run away okay don't assault anybody i don't okay we're we're done done i love this can you just dustin's advice column yeah let's do uh, it dustin's advice corner maybe mm. we will okay maybe we'll do dustin's advice corner from mm-hmm. now on this but, podcast does not give advice no yeah. mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. do not do anything that we suggest or mm-hmm. talk about mm-hmm. we don't suggest very much no, i mean i do suggest for people to have like open mind and use i did science, i did tell people the rando not you know do the rando yeah. knots yeah Okay. One more. One more shapeshifters. Shapeshifters. This was a really cool one. Again, historical references up the wazoo, but also some contemporary ones as well. Two contemporary ones. Well, okay. One contemporary one. That was with Billy Corrigan. The second was uh, a discovery of an ancient text which suggested that Jesus Christ himself was actually a shapeshifter. Mm -hmm. Now, not trying to shit on anybody's religion here. Just, you know, kind of what was discovered, the wording of what was discovered suggested that Jesus was a shapeshifter. Now, what surprises me the most about that part of it is that, and I think I said this in the episode, if Jesus was a shapeshifter, it would totally fall in line with everybody's beliefs at the time. The Romans who ran the area, they had gods and goddesses who shifted shape all the time. The Greeks gods and goddesses who shifted shape all the time the nords gods and goddesses who shifted shape all the time like it wouldn't be that weird for this guy to come down and say i'm the son of god and then like shift shapes they'd be like oh okay yeah cool man you're you sure are mm-hmm. and then move on with their lives mm-hmm. so really weird that that was like in a text text somewhere also from a law enforcement perspective uh yeah it's totally understandable that the romans who were trying to arrest this guy were like uh, every time we hear, <laughs> every time someone says who this person is, we go to arrest him and it's not him. <laughs> it's yeah. not, it's not the guy. Yeah. Like you said, it was this old guy. He, it wasn't the old guy. Mm-hmm. It was the young guy. That is pretty funny. Yeah. It's very like Benny Hill. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, as far as the psychological thing, uh, you know, we talked about mistrust. We talked about... Yeah, we talked about, you got me going on really broad evolutionary, contextual, behavioral, mm. compassion, focus, mm-hmm. psychology, emotion, stuff, motivation. And I just talked about, this, it, because this cuts across cultures so much, that's, um, I, I think in the paranormal realm, a lot of people say that that's evidence for the paranormal because it cuts across human cultures. Mm-hmm. And... However, from a psychological perspective, things that cut across human cultures we see as being at the kind of universal human motivations and needs and 
not necessarily evidence that it happens because it's not the same exact thing happening across cultures, right? Every single one of those story, uh, examples that you gave was were nuanced and different. Yes. Right? So that's not evidence that like this thing is happening well, because it's identical. So there, it, it seems like from yeah. the ancient side, uh, I'm sorry, from the um, quote unquote indigenous people sides, uh, it was very similar. It was very similar from the like again like greek nord yeah. roman regional, side regional very themes. much the same like but like different right mm-hmm. so like the native americans and the aboriginals had a very specific thing that they thought about medicine men or two very different so, right, right, ge- not but, geographically yeah right right but mm-hmm. you know viewed in modern culture is kind of very similar again indigenous peoples kind of kind of context and right? more connected okay. to nature yeah. sure yeah yeah, yeah. um but Whereas, and i would say you could you could argue that in the norse mythology that um was it an odin turned into a raven like that's pretty oh yeah nature connect great odin's raven <laughs> thank you and that's the only I think reason he had i know that two one. ravens okay yeah, <laughs> had the pet sorry. and he also turned into it i don't mm. think he turned into it. i think mm. the ravens were his messengers oh okay I don't know. Yeah. That's just what I remember mm-hmm. from a really Western civilization yeah, one not, back in college. Yeah. So anyway, my nuanced knowledge of each of these isn't good. Uh, and from a, but from a broad cutting across kind of human motivation, I talked just a bit about it falling into the realm of achievement motivation, fantasies of achievement, aspiration of these as like superpower sort of things that would be amazing to be able to do. And perhaps also then connecting back to our animal like our nature as we are human animals and connecting to what other animals can do that we can't it's pretty cool Mm -hmm. Um, and then i talked about the scary side the fear-based side Mm -hmm. and the uh, also the need for belonging and then the in-group out-group dynamics of who you trust and don't trust so yeah yeah that's kind of what we talked about yeah it kind of came full circle with the black-eyed children thing it did yeah how do you like that hey whoa on purpose, I designed this whole thing. I would, would see listening back kidding. to Shapeshifters in our intro, I feel really bad because I said that we might be more qualified than a zoologist, oh, yeah. and I meant less. I, that should go with less yeah. qualified. We are not as qualified as a zoologist to look at things like shapeshifters because right. I mean, like the video evidence you provided of it of uh what looked to me like a four-legged animal walking through the desert and person was like oh my god it's a it's a skinwalker jack osborne yeah, yeah. and whereas zoologists who understands desert species would be like that's clearly a coyote or something you know yeah so they're more qualified yeah odin had two ravens hugin and munin, munin. one was thought Hugen. one was thought and one was memory oh, that's cool yeah Yes. So in this, in the shapeshifter episode, lots of really cool things. Nothing obviously substantiated. I, I did hear recently from a family member who watches Howard Stern mm. on the rig that Billy Corgan is actually writing a book about. Uh, he's writing a book, and then in that book, he's going to tell his shapeshifting the story. The tell-all story, which yeah. makes me want to caveat the part where I said, "Oh, it doesn't seem like he's getting any extra right. gain or attention from yeah. this." It's very, and now he's like, "Oh, everybody, stay tuned." Yeah. I'm gonna write about it, Billy Corgan. Like, you're a musician, so I fought. Fo- I do write I, about your music. I still follow him very closely, mm-hmm. and he does. He does. He he has this chip on his shoulder about rock history and how he doesn't really feel like he's been given his due. I think you mentioned that in the episode. Yeah. First of all, Billy, if you're out there listening to this podcast, and I I know you are, because why wouldn't you listen to this podcast? It's amazing. Well, if he hears we're talking about him, he probably will. You had a profound impact on my life. Mm. He did. 
Billy Corgan had a profound impact on my life. And I don't care who knows it, including <laughs> you, Billy. You know it now. Did he? And, and I'm, I'm definitely not the only one. Like, he, his lyrics, oh my his gosh. music. Beautiful. Amazing. Like, I don't, again, you're definitely in my top three, if not number one. Oh. So you hear that, Billy, you hear that, Billy, you and maybe you're like, who the hell are you? You have a podcast with like 10 listeners, <laughs> um, okay, a little bit more than 10. Um, I, I'm not the only one. I, I know I'm not. No. I'm not. I know I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one in this room. I can't say no. it as strongly as you. There are CEOs. Yeah. If that if that matters to you, there yeah. are creative artists. If that matters to you, there are people all around the world who know who I don't know why I'm doing this big like thing. For <laughs> You're Billy also well, right say, and it might be more important for him to hear that you are a musician, that you have musical talent yourself, Dustin. Yeah. And he inspired that. But... Yeah, I definitely like my some of my first songs I ever learned were were most certainly from melancholy and infinite sadness mm. on the guitar but anyway look man you're mm. good you mm-hmm. don't need to write a book just to get attention you've got my attention no matter what yeah and I, I i wish you the best of luck in everything but i also will buy your book and read that part <laughs> <laughs> just for that part <laughs> tell him you will read the musical memoir part of it yeah too no i will yeah i will i'll read the whole thing but all right, you think you know what my question is going to be? Your question. Yeah. Can yeah. you guess my question? If you were a shapeshifter, what shape would you shift into? Exactly. Okay. Um I think it would be an animal. I think I yeah. would be like a I think it's it's going to be boring. I think I'd be a werewolf. Oh yeah? Yeah. Maybe the jellyfish who can live forever and regenerate. That's a yeah. good one too. Yeah, I think it, if I would... that shifts back into your human body too, so like you shift into the jellyfish who lives forever and then, you know, when your human body you know, you retake your human form, you mm-hmm. you get to do that. Yeah. So a werewolf, including the fact that you don't control it, like that lore? No, 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 no. no. okay. No. You would be... I have animal instincts and everything, but I'm more like... An um, animagus. More like Padfoot. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. A big dog. More like uh, Sirius Black mm-hmm. uh, than okay. a Lupin. Interesting. That's so... That really fits because it's so stealthy and so like you could sneak around in the dark. Oh well, a fox would would be my obvious, but yeah. that's not like super lore. So oh, oh no, no, it could be anything. Yeah, no, we actually read up. There were there was um oh the uh the Asian shapeshifters mm-hmm. who are like foxes who seduce men. I don't really want to seduce any men, but I want to be a fox. And if that's a side effect, well then. I'll be sexy so to men. Is foxes? So there's like bestiality involved in that, or uh, I don't no. think we understand this. Culture, cross culturally here. I don't think we're getting the. Do you remember in uh yeah uh, Lovecraft Country? Lovecraft the Country TV show. Yeah. Yeah. Remember the yeah uh, yeah um cryptid. Yeah. She was a she was that thing. She remember the fox tails came yes. out and everything. Yeah. yeah. Mm, also probably rooted in mistrust of women and some misogyny there. Anyway, I digress. Well, yeah, um, no, the yeah. Asian, like they were all seducing men. There was yeah. no women seducing foxes. So uh-huh. I'm guessing when they did seduce men, they turned into women. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, fox or wolf? How about you? That's yours. Uh, I would want the ability to fly or swim um, mm. live underwater, so it would be yeah. Mermaid. Maybe a penguin. Mm-hmm. Penguin. Maybe. Penguins can't fly. They can't fly, and they also can't. Okay. They can barely swim. <laughs> can barely no, no, no. Swim. Actually, no, no. They can swim really well. They can <laughs> they barely can, walk on land. They're like when they're walking on land, they're like not like you're right. God, kill me! Please, they can't fly put me either. back in the water. <laughs> would a penguin be better or not a pelican would a pelican be better Anna became a penguin <laughs> every chance she got waddling around she waddles around when she's on the land they're so cute but she dives when she can as my Morgan Freeman impersonation was that good no <laughs> 
Oh, man. This was fun yeah. for me. That is a great note to end this episode on. Mm -hmm. This is a recap episode. We'll be doing these every 10 episodes or so. Or so. Yeah. Or so. We'll see. Uh, but uh, thanks for listening in. Ooh. Boom. Done. Nailed it. Thanks for listening in, everybody. Again, if you have any recommendations for any stories, stories at paranormaloutsiders.com, please send us an email mm -hmm. and uh, and we'll get back to you. If you enjoyed listening to this one, and uh, especially if this is your first time listening, you enjoyed listening to any particular synopsis of the story we told, go back and listen to the whole thing. Mm -hmm. If this is your first time tuning in, oh, oh you ruined it. Ah. <laughs> if this is your first time listening in, go back and listen to all... 10 episodes or nine episodes before this one anyways just do it and then you it. can hear dustin saying tuning in multiple yeah. more times then you'll get the joke uh-huh it's an inside joke you don't <laughs> get it until you listen to all of them no go back and, and and take a listen really really great episodes we had a lot of fun doing them we hope you had a lot of fun listening to them or we'll have a lot of th fun listening to them thanks everybody for listening in bye